Welcome to the official Jets podcast. Eric Allen here in studio with Jets linebacker Quincy Williams. We're joined by Bart Scott as always. Quincy, you guys didn't get the results you wanted against the Baltimore Ravens, but what kind of positives can you take out of that matchup heading into week two? On um, The positives we can take out of it is than what we wanted to showcase on defense. I can talk defense because I'm a defensive player, so I'm going to start with that. So the biggest thing is our run game and just the violence of our defense. Um, we rebuild it. Um, a lot of the players that we have now um, went back to our base fundamentals and stuff, and we wanted to stop the run this game. And I think they end up having, what, 63 yards running. And um, for a team that's top five the last couple of years, that's a good thing. And that was an accomplishment that we wanted to accomplish. So uh, that's really it. And you know the game plan was to contain Lamar Jackson. I saw you guys had four guys on the second level to make sure that the defense didn't get flanked. You know, you can take tremendous pride. Last year you guys gave up um, a 100-yard rusher almost in every game. Now we know kind of fast-forwarding, you know, you guys went in, you watched the film, and maybe some details on technique. How difficult was it to kind of have that nonverbal communication being that, you know, now in today's game, you know, starters don't really collectively play in the preseason. So how much of that is just rust and kind of not being in sync with the guys next to you? And how much of that was what they did? Um, a lot of them is just us being ourselves. Um, the biggest thing our coach told us with a lot of games are lost and not won. Mm. So um, just cutting down on the mentors, we had um, – Three explosive. I think they all led the points. Um, we actually had four explosives, but we called one of the penalties an explosive. So um, the biggest thing is cutting down on the explosive and really just playing a, a sound defense and not beating ourselves. If you guys are consistent against the run this year, what is the potential for this defense? The potential is um, there is no ceiling to it. The sky's the limits for us. That's the biggest thing. But like my mindset was, my mindset has been this whole year, off season, all that is stopping the run. On um, the back end, gonna handle the back end. We got um, good, nice pieces, new pieces mm -hmm. on the uh, in the back end. So I'm very excited about that. But my focus in the front, the linebackers, our focus was to stop the run. Now Robert Sala made some comments saying that hey, we need some young guys to kind of mature and grow up and have a sense of urgency. You know, the, the good thing about what you guys did in free agency, but also what you guys did in the draft, is you guys have tremendous depth. And I think that was really apparent, the fact when you look at, you know, you guys are able to roll in Sheldon Rankins, and you can bring in Franklin Myers, and you can bring in Clemens and Jacob. And, and you know, you guys can continue on, the, on, the, on, the, on that side of the defensive line to kind of just bring in fresh bodies. You know, on the second level, you guys really don't, don't interchange that much. But, you know, when you think about, you know, you guys are young, and how are you guys going to try and kind of bridge the gap to kind of maybe mature and, and, and understand the game and become veterans in short order? Um, when you talk about, you know, being able to be a unit that's veteran, even though you guys are still young. The biggest thing is keeping the game simple. So that's how we say it. So the older guys that we do have in the room, the veteran guys that we do have in the room, just telling the younger guys like, hey, um, the draft happened. You had a um, preseason, so like now it's time to grow up. Like you're doing, the, you play in the same position that veterans are playing. Like you came to take someone's job, you took the job. Now what you gonna do with it? 
So that's the biggest thing. So um, just finding those older guys to learn how to, I think we had a conversation today with a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Just what's our routine on going forward? So like just find them a routine, find you uh, a massage routine, find you some treatment routine. Then also get your mental ready for the next week. Like don't we went through the corrections today. A lot of guys were like, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this better. And I was like, yeah, so take that and move forward with it and not just look past like, well, I did this last game. Well, I did this last game. Actually, we had one of our younger guys got his uh, first set. Um, Jermaine Johnson? Jermaine, yeah. So I actually told him, I was just like, yeah, you got your sack this game. What you did last game really don't matter. It's Monday. We're going to talk about it now. Come Tuesday, get your off day. Come Wednesday, it's about the Browns. A lot of times in the National Football League, teams are going to try to spread you guys out so you're forced to play sub-packages. With that being said, how much do you enjoy playing in that base look Ooh, against yeah. the Browns? Because it's you, it's CJ, and it's Quan Alexander. That's our, that's our villain-type look that we call that. <laughs> so uh, that's what we want to kind of want to stay in, just having – we can play that. We can play any type offense with that right there. Just uh, those guys running sideline to sideline. Like a, we got our captain, our general in the in the middle, and we got our runners on the outside. So that's the biggest thing: running sideline to sideline. And our biggest thing is having all three linebackers at the ball, no matter where it is. So when they stop the camera, like all right, three linebackers are at the party. So really, it's like all right, we handle this up here. Our DBs handle this, and we trusting that our D line gonna handle what they gotta handle. I don't know if you guys were in cover three, but it looked like uh, Whitehead had a quick trigger. He was coming downhill. You know, just talk about his his championship pedigree and also like his his impact on the run game yesterday because it was apparent that, you know, he he, he is like a runner as well. And he has the, the, the temperament and the physicality that you guys preach on the second level. Oh, it's really like having a fourth linebacker and not really. So. Yeah. It's- Sideline to sideline type mentality, and he's a thumper also. So it's like having that fourth linebacker. So now it's kind of like being a little stingy with the tackles. We got to hurry up and get there and get them down for it be a point five. So uh, we joke about it a lot though. But uh, like I said, biggest thing coming into camp, coming into every like no one will run the ball. We're gonna make a team one dimensional, and the way we do that is stopping the run. So. Hey, they put the pieces together, we put the plays together, whether it's nickel, whether it's base, whether it's dime, you ain't running the ball on us. Let's talk about you guys there at the linebacker position. What are your superpowers? Uh, let's start with Mosley, then go Quan, and then talk about yourself. All right, here we go. So the way we, way we going to think about this is like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> CJ is our leader. It's like a lion. He's the lion. We're gonna say the lion. So he's so the he's physical. Man? The man? Uh we like villains. Oh, we like, we okay. wanna be the bad guys, so <laughs> villains, I like you that. You feel me? Me, I already took the point of the joke because me, I'm always laughing, I'm always smiling, mm-hmm. I'm always joking around. I'm also the youngest. I mean, experience wise youngest. So I'm taking the Joker role. And then we got CJ. CJ is more like the leader of the villain. So we're going to say he like, we're going to say he like either Doom. We're going to say Doom or we're going to say um, Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. And then we got uh Quan. Quan really can take a few a few uh few of the villains. But um 
I'm gonna probably go with Venom. So, 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 what do you think about Quan wearing the single digit? Like Bart was just talking about Jordan. So sometimes I see these guys flying around, and I'm like, Hey, was that Jordan? Was that Quan? <laughs> oh, so I like the single digit. He wore five when he was in uh, the Saints. Mm-hmm. So really, a it was kind of well. I didn't really recognize. Actually, one of the fans recognized, and it was like. Um, it was like 56, 57, and they was like, why didn't Quan get 58? But then it's a crazier story because <laughs> CJ had red tips in his hair, and I was talking about dyeing my hair red, and then Quan came and had red hair dyed, and I was like, all right, now, we can't do this now. Y'all? <laughs> like a singing group, you do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, all right, we all can't have our hair dyed red now. So... I mean, but it's just like those type things, that connection. Um, everyone, like we had this thing in our group where everyone tells their why. So he knows why I'm playing football. I know why he's playing football. So if I see him like getting down or like having a bad day, you know, I just remind him of his why. I really like, and usually that, that'll like make that person de- decide whether they want to be like, all right, I'm doing this because I want to do this or like, I ain't really trying to do this. But it tells a lot about a person, though. Like, if you're not going to do it for your wife, there's nothing I can tell you to do. So the natural follow-up <laughs> here, Bart, is what is your why? <laughs> All right. So my why, my why is most family-oriented. Y'all um, know the three L's, faith, family, and football. But my biggest thing is to be uh, – Actually, which is great because my brother actually plays on the team with me. My mm-hmm. younger brother actually plays on the team with me, and I'm the oldest. So my why is so my brothers, so I can take the light, and my brothers and them can have a path to walk, and I like that path, and they learn from my mistakes or also capitalize on my blessings or what I'm doing. And I felt like my brother walked in my footsteps and was like very positive about it. Um, and we had this conversation all the time. So that's really my why. And then my why is actually on, on the team with me. So my brother, he's on me. Same reason I'm on here. We celebrate together. Um, that's really the tackles together and stuff. We got little celebrations together. So really my why is actually on the field with me. Mm-hmm. And my other why is my mom. My mom passed a breast cancer. So I know every single thing I'm doing. Every moment I'm making, every tackle I make, I know she's up there watching me, and she got the best view of the game, so she sees everything. Now, when you when you, I just want to fast forward a little bit, right? Because you talk about the success that you guys had as far as stopping a run, but the next week's opponent, you know, it's the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Nick Chubb. They understand that Jacoby Brissett is a placeholder, you know, for Deshaun Watson when he gets back. So they're going to try and establish the run. It's going to be about the physicality. How much pride do you take that if you guys are going to have success on defense, it rests on the success of the front seven? Oh, we take a lot of pride in it. Like, that's our number one mindset is, like, make the team one-dimensional. Like, no matter what team it is, no matter where we're going in at, whether we go in in base or nickel, like I said, the number one thing is stopping the run. So uh, that's our mindset going in. And I don't think it's going to ever change for real. So, like, the team, why? Hey, is to stop this run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that definitely gets your attention when you're talking about a Browns team that rolled up more than 200 yeah. yards on the ground against the Panthers. And Bart just talked about Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt and company. Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to do. That's one of those. Yeah, for sure. That's one of those. Get your chin strap. Oh, it, yeah, this double chin strap game. Yeah. Yeah. Chin strap, maybe two mile pieces, you know. Yeah. Top and bottom. Yeah, no know? doubt about it. You just yeah, talked about your mind. 
You just talked about your mom before. Uh, what are your thoughts on DJ Reed? It was his first game oh. a, a, as a Jet. He comes up with an interception and a forced fumble. And we find out after the game that his dad just tragically passed. Yeah, so we actually find out about it after the game too, man. So it just makes it even more special. So like I said, like you don't really know what an, a person is going through really. So um, you just have your brother's back really. So we didn't know that. And but we knew it. Uh, found out after the game. But like during the game, you have your brothers back. Like mm-hmm. no matter we celebrate together, you never know what that person's going through. Like we didn't even know anything was going on or anything. Like well, I didn't know myself. I'm be honest. So just really like playing next to your brothers, like like they their family. You feel me? So um, tragedy and all that kind of stuff, and just being there really for your brother. And like that just shows like all of us are family on this team. So that's. A, yeah, that was kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, you talk about you know people think that you know that athletes a lot of times are immune to the to the things that happen in the world, right? You know, because you know t- traditionally somebody lose their, their their father, lose a loved one, you know, they take time off of work. You don't see them, but in football, you know, we're expected to show up and play at any time. So, you know, what's some of the things that you guys are going to try and do, or what's the conversation that you guys are having amongst yourselves? to rally behind him because it may be tough days ahead where he's, you know, thinking about it, you know, the, the arrangements and all those things, but he's going to have to lean on, uh, lean on his brothers. Like you know, kind of speak to kind of how you guys are going to corral him or, you know, what's going on and how you guys support each other, because it won't be the first or the last time if you play long enough that you're going to have to deal with a tragedy on, on a team with, with someone and their loved ones. Um, the realest thing I can tell y'all and, um, a lot of fans probably don't know this, but football is a lot of people's escape, for mm. real, for real. So, like, when my mom passed, it was my escape because I knew for a fact she wanted me playing football, and my brother also. So he told us straight when he came in today, he was like, like, nah, I wouldn't want to be nowhere else but with y'all. Like, so with him saying that, saying, like, he wouldn't – not saying he wouldn't be with his family, but he's choosing to be with us. We take that as, like, every time I step out on the field, like, now when we in these meetings, like – Man, this man right here, he could be with his family mourning over his dad, but yeah, he with us trying to correct these things and folk, let us focus on being a better, uh, better team. So it's like, whatever I got going on at the house, I'm gonna put that to the side. I'm gonna make sure I'm here. If he can do that, I can do that too. So that's the biggest thing. And then it's more like, you know, just let them know that you got them off the field, off the field and on the field. So a lot of people, a lot of people, especially men with mental health and stuff like that, mm. that's a very, very huge thing. And people don't really talk about. So that's um, one thing that people try to do, like, especially me and my brother, we always smile around the locker room, laugh and joke, because you never know what someone else can, what someone else is going through. And that person, like, seeing your smile and stuff like that, a bright nay day, or <clears throat> just laughing and joking and stuff like that, you know, just randomly asking a person, like, you know, how things going on off the field. Like, a lot of people don't really ask that, though. They, you at work, they worry about what's at work, what's going on the field, what plays you got. You know, you just pause and be like, everything good off the field because off the field can really affect on the field mm-hmm. so but uh we had this quote uh we had this quote this year and it was like life is 90 percent what happens to, i mean life is 10 percent what happens to you 90 percent how you respond so really just taking that taking that mindset every day really you know speaking about responding yeah. you know Brees hall you know was expected to have a breakout season. We, I, you know, I have him as a 
you know, maybe a rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. You know, he, he had a pivotal, you know, fumble. You know, you've been a veteran. We've all made mistakes. We've all had pivotal plays that we wish we could have back. You know, how do you go on that side of the ball as a linebacker and just as a brother to kind of talk to him, you know, about, you know, this week and how important he is to make sure that his morale and his confidence is still sky high? Same way, we t- same thing we tell everyone is like what you did last game, learn from that. Like, don't use it as a pedestal to stand, a pedestal to stand up on the side that I told Jermaine. Be like, hey, you made a sack last, you made a sack last week. See if you can get another one this week. All right, you made some mistake last week. Now going to Bryce Breeze, more like you made a mistake last week. Let's not make those same mistakes. Let's learn from those mistakes. What did we have? How we get to this point of view? Really, just. In the game, you gotta have short-term memory, short-term memory loss to the last play. But like during the week, you can, every day you got a chance. So like, all right, that part was on him fumbling, but yet it's on all of us really, because like now we telling the practice squad, we telling uh, the defense like, hey, start punching at the ball more so he can get used to it. Because now I feel like I didn't have him prepared for it. Because when it happened, it was more like a, old type moment. Mm. So if I was punching more at the ball at practice, like he'll be more prepared for it. So really like not even like pointing fingers or like talking to him, but like talking to the whole team. Like him fumbling, that's on all of us because we weren't punching at the ball. We ain't prepare you for that. So really just taking it like that. Now speaking to that a little bit more because running backs and linebackers have a unique relationship because we're mirrored body types, we're mirrored positions. And you know, one of the things that, you know, he has to learn is that when you're fighting for extra yards, you have to pin the ball to your chest because if you're spinning, the ball in your arm naturally comes away from your body. So with that being said, you understand that, you know, that was a tremendous play by Chuck Clark, punching at the ball, hit it in the right spot, something that they practice a lot. But what's some things that you can anticipate maybe to help him and help, you know, both running backs as far as how to, you know, it's like, it's weird, right? You don't want to teach them how to beat you then he's your teammate because you don't want him to beat you in practice because he know what you're trying to do, but you also have an obligation and responsibility as a teammate to make him better because it positively affects your job in the winning, which everybody gets reward. That old linebacker, he's a teacher, you know. (laughs) Yeah, my mindset is I feel like I'm one of the fastest linebackers in this league, so I'm going to be honest with you. So, the way I play, the way I practice, the way I play. So me now, I need to start punching the ball. Me, I'm more like a big hit type person, so I'm more like jarring the ball from my hit. But now I see like, all right, I can help my team by punching at the ball. Then on top of that, I can help the offense by punching at the ball now at practice. So now it helps me too, though, because now I'm practicing, I'm practicing helping him hold the ball, but then I'm also helping myself find the ball and punch it out too. So it's like it mirrors. So like just like we mirroring each other, as um, far as like position wise, it's mirroring us as far as like skills wise too. So like I'm punching at the ball to get my little mental edge on, focusing on getting the ball, turnovers. Mm-hmm. So then turn around is helping him like, all right, he's punching at the ball, I need to secure the ball. So it's like a competition. <laughs> how, do, how do you weigh the big hit? Like you talked about the speed, you're going sideline to sideline, your hits, when you get your hands on somebody, body-to-body contact, they're violent. With that being said, how do you weigh that versus, hey, maybe I got an opportunity at a, a takeaway here. Maybe I, I just don't want to worry about okay. the hit. I want to get the ball, too. 
So the biggest thing starts at practice because you can't hit your own teammates. So with me coming in with the same speed, knowing I can't hit my teammate, all right, let me find the ball. Where's the air behind the ball now? Punching at the ball. So in the game, I'm doing the same thing, coming at the same, not breaking stride or anything, coming with the same speed. And be honest, most players thinking, number one, oh, he coming for the big hit. Hmm. So number one, I'm looking for a juke step with my tracking. Number two is like, all right, so now let me switch it up. So let me show him I'm going to actually come from my actual form tackle and look for the ball to punch out. Mm. So just add, add another skill to my belt. And really, like, now the game is about the ball for real. So how many how many possessions can I get my offense to score? Really, so not really, like, being selfish on tackles now. So it's like, all right, I got him down, next play. Well, I could like, all right, I got the ball out and I got a turnover. That's a lot. That's a plus right there. <laughs> so that's the this, biggest this, thing. EA, EA, this is the first on any podcast. I'm gonna offer my services. Oh, because, oh here okay, we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the Mad Backer. So, you, you you may or may not know this about me because I don't know. Like a lot of times, younger players don't understand or don't realize or know like um, you know the players that they talked to in the past. But I was the human hit stick, a.k.a. Mr. Night-Night myself. <laughs> Mr. Night-Night. Right? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> former, former, former college safety, right? Four, five, one. So I understand the speed and all those things. Uh, but it's nuanced to it, right? It's, it's, it's understanding, you know, because big hit changes games as well. So, you know, big hit can change the game, energize your team the same way. But also, you know, understanding route, you know, combinations and things like that. I'm going to offer my services. If you ever – want to talk about the nuance, right? I, okay. And, and I've never finished less than 10th in defense in 11 years. Ne- never finished less. I finished first in total defense maybe five times out of 11 and never finished worse than than 10th. So if you want to learn, like, the nuance stuff, just hit the mad backer up and, I, and I'll take the call and I'll, I'll take the drive. All right, now, you're saying this on here now, so that means this is – I know. It's official. You just put it out there. Now I'm right, gonna good. I'm gonna ask you for uh, some well some advice a little bit here as far as your swimming background. My oh, niece yeah, yeah, is yeah. swimming at Colgate. She's in her freshman year. What was your background Colgate? in? Yeah, Colgate. Yeah, at Colgate. Yeah. My ex girlfriend went to Colgate. Uh, okay. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Hey man, it's a small <laughs> world. What? Um, what did you swim again when you were growing up? And did you think, like, when you were rocking and rolling that, hey, it, I'm going to maybe be an Olympic swimmer as opposed to an NFL player? Oh, man. To be honest, it really came to that. You know, it was more like a, a thought process sitting down and being like, all right, now, weigh the pros and cons. And be like, all right. Because it got to a point where I was doing both, but you had to lose so much weight swimming. Mm. Then I was losing muscle. So then it's like, all right, now I got to turn around and get more beefier for football season. So it kind of got to a point where it's like weight going up and down, fluctuating. So it's like, uh, just got to the middle point, and I was just like, all right, I got to pick, I got to choose now. And honestly, it came to my brother, like, which more can I have more fun doing? Because I was the only swimmer, two brothers playing football. Yeah. All right, I'm going. I can spend more time with my brothers here. What, I'm gonna be honest. What was your stroke? So my stroke was sprint medley. I was freestyle, hated butterfly, breaststroke, fifty freestyle. I was winning. No hands down, Olympic size pool. I'm winning. 
how, how much how much did that help you that background in, in terms of football? Completely different wide sport. Shoulder, listen, wide shoulders, Be- long arms. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. So when we're watching you on the field, we're and thinking, there's... hey, shoulders. I got them yeah. from swimming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So shoulders, wide, long arms, man. Really, uh, during during the off season for endurance, that's the biggest thing. It helped me out a lot. Lean muscle mass was like um, on my heavy days. As far as like conditioning wise, all right, my legs kind of heavy. All right, let me get in the pool, do some swimming, um, working on my breathing, underwater breathing, and stuff like that. Really like controlling my breaths, especially when it get to third quarter. They just had a long drive. Mm. All right, let's go to four, two minute, four minute drive. All right, you know, control your breathings and stuff. Um, that's really how it helped me out a lot. And then just the eating habits, really, just. A lot, a lot more vegetables, and then football, you eating a lot more protein, but still vegetables and stuff like that. Yeah. So really, just the endurance part and the conditioning, really. So I still do a little bit of it. Do you? But not as much, yeah. Okay. I ain't, I ain't did no competing in little Can your brothers swim, or are they sitting there with the rubber duckies on their, on their, on their um? <laughs> no, nah, my brother, tricep. my brothers can actually swim. He just wasn't fast enough to compete. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general. You know what I mean? A lot of us don't know how to swim. I know how to swim. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They know how to swim. They they just swim competitively, okay. but it ain't to the point where, like, all right, I'm going to put my money on him. Nah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, speaking to your brother, you're always been in great shape. And and I'm not saying he wasn't in good shape before, but he's come oh, yeah. in this season in ridiculous shape. Not only physically, bro, but mentally, too. Yeah. Just, like, the conversations we've had. Like it's a mental, it's a he's in a, a better place mentally for real, for real. As far as like confidence and just where he's where he's at in the game, honestly, he's like a legit veteran. We started this podcast off by talking about your success against the run. That was the lowest rushing total the Ravens have ever had with Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback, sixty-three yards. Uh, something struck me, and I'd like to get both of your takes on this, that Jeff Albrick said last week. He said, first down, we really got to win early down, because then second down against Baltimore, specifically the Ravens, you can play more of a normal football. But on third down, we can get more creative. Can you talk about how creative you guys actually can become? And we saw glimpses of that when you do win early downs and you are successful against the run. Um, early downs are great, especially uh, you don't have to get those third and shorts where, like, your playbook is really like, all right, short yardage. <laughs> or we playing for, like, two yards. We're looking for a sneak. So, like, long yards, we can open up anything. We can open up the blitzes. We can open up the man. We can open up the zone. Like, you got a heavier arsenal. But it's all about the biggest thing, I'm going to be all right. So, I be helping out my brother out a lot. So if we get <laughs> if we get third and long, we can let them free and let them rush how they want to rush. Right. You feel me? So that's the biggest thing. So, you know, just having that mindset be like, um, what they say, earn the right to rush mm-hmm. or whatever. So just having that in my mindset too, be like, all right, let me get my brother, get my brother this sex. You know, that's the biggest thing. So stopping them, stopping the run and stuff like that starts there. Well, that goes both ways, right? Because in early rundowns, he's holding those jump throughs. So that oh, you can yeah. Free screen. So, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I'll be, he be having to look out now. I'm going to need you to hold that double team a little bit longer so I can slip through here and get this gap. Because he always talked about me that. He was like, bro, you don't never put your hands on a guard. Because like, they putting hands on you. <laughs> so, 
Hey, uh, you, you talked about being there for each other as teammates. How close is this locker room? Uh, Michael Carter said after the game that feels like we lost the Super Bowl, but it's just one game in a 17-game season. Like, how do those strong bonds in the locker room help you guys? Is you just look ahead to week two because you got need proper perspective. Fans can be like, "Hey, it's the end of the world. We lost by 15 at home in our home opener. Jets aren't going anywhere again." Yeah. Where you guys got to say, "Hey, listen, we actually did a lot of good things, and we got a lot of football to play." We got to turn the page to Cleveland. So we had to, me and Mike actually did have that conversation. Mike Carter, um, running back Mike Carter, right? Yep. So um, we had this conversation. It was just like it's a loss, but um, fans coming in, of course, from the outside looking in, be like, "Ah, oh, it's the same Jets. It's mm-hmm. the same Jets." And in our mind, we're more like, "Hey, y'all, we got the pieces." Like, you know, this whole off season was together. This off season, together camp, competing with each other. Biggest thing is be like, you know, what's going on in the hill? Like, so we the ones working. So, biggest thing is be like that mindset. Be like, yeah, it felt like we lost the Super Bowl, but it was more like, we was more disappointed in ourselves just because like, we know what we're capable of. Like, <clears throat> we know we're capable of on both sides of the, on all three phases of the ball, special teams included. So, um, it's just a dis- we just felt disappointed in ourselves at first, but then we got to the point where we'd be like, all right, let's look at the numbers. Like. You know, we did a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. What can we capitalize on? Then it got to the point where we were like, remind y'all, remind yourself the more games are lost than won. So then we started going to be like, all right, let's go, let's look through the film today and see what's going on. All right, we gave up three. We only get, we only gave up three explosives. Then you get people that be like, all right, now you know, let's sit up and talk about it. But then you be get to the point where like those three explosives was touchdowns. So then you get to a point where like, okay, so we stopped them three explosives. They don't score. Yeah. So, you know, it's positive in the negatives type thing. So you just have that same mindset. And like I said, I only, I only talk about the defense because I don't really never know about the defense. Sure. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. So uh, offensive side of the ball, I can't really tell you. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the biggest thing I can't say about the offense is they know we're going to have their back. They know we're going to get them a chance. They know we ain't going to never fold on them. They know we ain't going to never point the finger at them. Every time we ran out there on the field, we'd be like, hey, Go to the sideline, look at the playbook. Hey, find out how we're going to get in this thing because y'all coming right back out. Like, just having that mindset. Well, defense is always going to be ahead of offenses early on. You know, and just speaking because, I, you know, of course I covered the game for, for S&Y pre and post. You know, it was pretty much it was, you know, the U games. It was the in, interior uh, pressure. But it's about, you know, the offensive line hasn't had the opportunity to really gel with each other. So, you know, it's about the chemistry that they have to start working with and the communication, how to pass games. And that's just going to come with time. So, you know, they're going to be leaning or they're going to need to lean on your defense, keeping the score down and giving them short fields and opportunities, you know, until they can, you know, get up to speed and get up to communication because teams are going to cover up those guards and then also try and run you games and see if they're, you know, made the, made the necessary adjustments. So, I mean, you know, on both sides, it was just – it was a game where – you know, you can tell that it was a little nerves and jitters from some of the young guys and some of the guys that were making their debuts, you know, but a lot of guys had a lot of a lot of football rust. So, you know, from the outside in, it's about having a still have to have a little sense of urgency because you don't want it to look up and, and it's week eight and you're still talking about the same things, but it's no need to panic. No need to panic, no doubt about that. The offer stands from this guy, <laughs> yeah. uh, Quincy. I'm gonna keep on to that one. I'm yeah. hold on to that one. Yeah, Quincy, we appreciate you coming up. Appreciate uh, you coming up to the studio, and we can't wait. Using one of his lines, 
for more three linebacker action because I like that first installment of yeah. Quincy, CJ, and Quan. You got a big test ahead, and I know you guys are going to be ready for it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on here, for real. It was great talking to you guys. Glad your picnic, man. <laughs> WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Bart, let's move ahead. Give me an offensive remedy for the Jets this week as they prepare for the Cleveland Browns. Well, I think, you know, traditionally teams put their tight ends on the right side. I think you have to motion your tight ends to wherever Miles Garrett is. He's a game wrecker. I think you want to protect that left tackle position and be able to try and, you know, scheme up some shots. I'm really looking forward to seeing Garrett Wilson get some more opportunities. I know they want to bring him along slowly, but he showed that he has a knack for, you know, the big playability, and he just pops off the film. I'm looking forward for Brees Hall to be able to establish the run, and defensively, you know, they're, they're, you know, I don't think this is a knock on Jacoby Brissett, but he's not Lamar Jackson. He's a guy that you know exactly where he's going to be. I think the Jets and that defensive line is going to have to take advantage of his immobility and be able to try and get him off his spot and make him have to throw and deliver the ball on the run and take advantage of the fact that, you know, you, you know, I think on the backside, DJ Reed, I think that Sauce Gardner, you know, has done a tremendous job week one. They have to put it together week two. I expect the safeties to play a little bit better as far as not letting the ball go over their head. But I think a lot of that was the nerves, the fact that Lamar Jackson, all eyes on him. How much are you encouraged by the play of the aforementioned Gardner and, of course, DJ Reed? We talked to Quincy about DJ and everything personally that he was dealing with. But those guys really came out week one, I thought, balled out. Yeah, they played at a high level. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we assume that young guys aren't going to be able to be veteran or be able to make the plays. And I think, you know, the judge paid the penalty for that. You know, on the big touchdown, Joyner, you know, was outside leverage and not believing that that sauce was going to be where he was supposed to be. And that's the thing. You, you know, it's not just about playing with each other. It's about establishing trust. Mm. And, you know, a lot of that comes with playing with each other. And they just don't have the reps. You know, Joyner didn't, you know, miss a lot of the season last year. And he's trying to knock some rust off as well. And early in the season, it's a lot of guys with bad eyes. We saw it with Jalen Ramsey. We saw it with guys, you know, letting balls go over their head yesterday, you know, last, you know, last week. So let's see if guys take the necessary steps to make sure that they keep it in front. Like my coaches always say, Dennis Thurman, you know, watch him catch it. You know, you see him throw it, watch him catch it. You know, and that's what I think. Keep your eyes on your luggage and trusting your teammates to do their job so the coach can only have to correct one person. And that too. Totally different dynamic as far as the way these teams approach the run games with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And now yeah. you have Kobe Brissett, Nick Chubb, um, and Kareem, Kareem, Hunt. Kareem Hunt. So with that, with that being said, this is more of a traditional rush attack, but how do they contain the Browns? I mean, the Browns have one of the most dynamic offensive lines as well. You know, they've invested heavily in that. 
and you know they they really get to the edges and, and get you out flanked. You talk about Chubb and he has the ability to get to the edge, but he has the power to run through arm tackles. Kareem Hunt is you know not as powerful as as Nick Chubb, but he's just as effective and especially as a receiver. You know he may, he may not look like he's a great receiver, but he's a guy that can really expose linebackers in space. So you want to try and can, contain these guys. It's going to be about setting the edges, getting penetration and not really getting too far up the field. All right, two final things. How hostile is this environment going to be in Cleveland? It is their home opener. And you, as a former player, what kind of approach would you want to take in terms of tone setting on the road? We have to drown drown out the noise. And um, you got to understand that the head of the snake is that running game. So you have to make sure that you – you know, you gotta you gotta invest in the body. Body blows early on. You you attack the body and the head of follow. You know, so you have to really be physical. You have to wear them down. You have to make them feel like it's one dimensional. You have to say, you know, if we're gonna lose, it's because Amari Cooper, you know, went off and had some big explosive plays. But you're gonna go actually not even Amari Cooper because you're gonna try and double him. You're gonna try and say, okay, well let's let's put it on let's put it on Peoples on the other side. Yep. Let's see if Sauce can really hang with Peoples. And then that that that's how you establish yourself in this league. Right. Every week it's, it's heavy sledding for somebody. Right. You know, one week it may be on the D line. One, the other week it may be on the linebackers. You know, the, you know, the other week could be on the corners or the secondary. This week is going to be on the front seven as a whole because they got to match the physicality of the Cleveland Browns who rushed for over 200 yards uh, last week. OK, so we're going to end here. Two parter. Did you see Le'Veon Bell's knockout of Adrian Peterson? Did, and, okay, your thoughts on that. And also you've trained quite a bit over the years. Have you ever thought yeah. about getting in the ring yourself? Yeah, but I got to get in the ring with like somebody that's similar type that's a goo gobbler like me. So I have to, you know, fight James Harrison. I got I got to call out the silverback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The mad back and the silverback. And much like probably people probably thought that Adrian Peterson was going to win because of the hard head shakes and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Le'Veon Bell had the swiftness, the athleticism. And he listened to exactly what his corner said. Too soft to the body, right over the top. Adrian Peterson ran right into it, night, night, out on his feet. Yeah, he might have been all day during his playing career, but it was certainly night-night in the ring. I, I don't know. I don't want to see a fight, Harrison. He scares me some of those workout videos, but boxing is a totally different platform than getting inside and well, throwing the iron around. Well, it's, it's like it's like Brad um, Smith said, um, Brad Pitt said in Troy, like that guy over there, he's the biggest guy. I wouldn't want to fight him. Son, that's why nobody ever remember your name. Thanks, brother.